Hey, Bus Bench Babes. Uh, summer is coming to an end. It's really sort of hard to believe. But what do you need to know about the fall real estate market? What is it going to look like? What are the predictions? What are my thoughts on it? Let's talk about all the things. Let's do this. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. All right, Bus Bench Babes, Beth here doing a solo episode, and we're going to talk all about the real estate market. Um, Summer's wrapping up, and fall is literally right around the corner. And what is really happening in the real estate market? What sort of trends are we seeing? What is our team seeing specifically when we're out in the field every day? Like, let's answer all those questions. So if you're here in the Twin Cities, this is going to be super relevant to you. Um, But I'm going to talk about some national stats too. So there's going to be good stuff for everybody. So let's, let's get going on this. So summer's almost over. The market does shift a little bit. We're seeing less seasonality in the Twin Cities than what we used to, like when I was originally licensed, you know, as Glenda Baker would say, when Jesus was a baby. I, I've been licensed for 25-ish years. I originally got licensed in 1997. So I've been, I've seen a lot. I've been through a lot. And the market, especially in Minnesota, used to be really factored around seasonality. And because supply has been so low the last few years, I feel like the seasonality aspect has shifted and it's it's not quite as big of a factor. So how it always used to work is like when school got out, when summer was happening, the first couple weeks, it would like real estate would be a ghost town because everyone's like, oh, we're living our best summer life. And then things would pick back up and then we would slow back down before everyone's getting ready back to go back to school. And then we would see an uptick in business like later in the fall. That has tapered off. The last few years, I've had some really fabulous numbers in September. And I think a lot of that is just due to the supply and demand. There's just still a really strong buyer demand and we still have too few homes to sell. And so it's still created a super hot market for real estate. So let's talk about home experts. So all of like the the housing market gurus, when they were asked last year, and actually the beginning of the this year, like what they thought home prices would do, it really is kind of interesting. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they were two of the highest, but they were saying that we would see home value appreciations in 2022. Fannie Mae said in the high sevens, and then Freddie Mac said like in the low 6% appreciation. So the last couple of years, we've been seeing double digit appreciation. So when you hear these numbers that they're Fannie and Freddie are only saying, oh, the houses are only going to go up like six or seven to 8%. 
that number feels really low compared to what we've been seeing. But keep in mind what national, like normal numbers are. So in a normal balanced market, the average appreciation is about three to 5%. So we're still, these experts are, we're still saying at the beginning of the year that we were going to see pretty much double what like a normal balanced market would be in terms of appreciation. And keep in mind, this doesn't even factor in the fact that, you know, if you're doing projects on a home, you're up, you know, you're increasing the value and every month you're paying your mortgage down, you're also increasing your value value. So take those two things out of the equation and just think strictly appreciation. What is appreciation happening? So it's interesting that all these experts, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, NAR, which is a National Association of Realtors, Zellman, um, and a couple other random ones, like they were saying in January of this year that they expected home values to appreciate around 5% up to about 8%. And all of these people are coming back. So numbers just rolled back out. Um, and all this stuff came out last week and these numbers. So one of them, the MBA said at the beginning of the year that they thought homes would go up 5.1% and they have changed their tune. And now they're saying 2.7%. However, (laughs) however, everyone else on the list has totally increased their numbers like insane. So Fannie Mae, who said they, they thought homes would appreciate 7.6% have now changed that number to 16%. That's in line with the numbers that we saw last year. Crazy. So Freddie Mac, they were saying 6.2%. They're up to 12.8. Like pretty much all of these people have like more than doubled their numbers. Zellman thought home prices would only go up 3%. Now they're up to 10. Um, NAR, the National Association of Realtors, has more than doubled their number. They went from 5.1 up to 11.5. Moral of the story is, the question we get all the time, literally, if I had a dollar for every time I had this question, I would be retired and living my best life on an island in Italy or something. Um, the question all the time is, Beth, what do you think the market's going to do? Do you think the market's going to crash? Or better yet, people aren't even asking the question and they're just like, we're going to, we're just going to wait and we're going to buy a house when the market crashes and home prices are more reasonable again. I hate to tell you folks, but I don't see that happening. Like they're literally like none of these experts, these experts are from all over the board. They're from the lending, they're from real estate. They're just like economists and nobody is saying that home prices are going to drop. So let me tell you a couple of like real life stories that I've encountered recently. So this last weekend, we launched a couple of awesome listings and we had open houses going and it was really interesting to see. I had three different people come through that said they were living in rental housing, that they sold their homes last year. And essentially one came right out and said, we're waiting for house prices to crash. And I'm like, oh really, tell me more about that. And they're like, yeah, home prices, they're just, they're just overpriced. And I said, like, have you been paying attention to like home prices of like what they're happening this year? And they're like, well, yeah, but like, we're just waiting for them to lower. And at some point, Sometimes you just can't make people come see your 
vision about things. But a couple of other groups had said, yeah, you know, we were sold our houses, our homes because we felt like the market was really hot and really high. And then now we've just been, we wanted to be able to buy non-contingent, buy our next home, uh, next home, have all of our cash freed up. And then both of these, both of these groups of people were still sort of sitting on the fence, but I felt like they were getting slightly more engaged. So maybe they were waiting for the numbers to drop. And then when they realized really values were not dropping, they kind of changed their tune. But the one couple was still very adamant that they're waiting for the market to crash. And part of me, you know, I don't want to be a jerk because that's just not how I do business. But like, I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, if you were waiting for some miracle, at some point, you're going to be priced out of the market. Home prices, if they continue to go up double digit prices every year, like at some point, you're not going to be able to afford the home that you really want to buy. And that really is a shame because I feel like somewhere along the way, these people were perhaps given some really bad advice that they're just now banking on being the truth. And it's it's a shame. Real estate is such a great way to build wealth. Another stat I read this week and this one, I think we talked about it in one of the earlier episodes, that if you would have purchased a home um, five years ago in, in appreciation alone, not including, not taking into consideration anything else, if you would have purchased a home five years ago, the average person um, would be sitting on an additional $126,000 of equity. $126,000 thousand dollars. Yeah, you heard me right. So yeah, moral of the story is I don't think values are going to decrease. The other um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting this last weekend at open houses was seeing how many people were relocating back to the Twin Cities. So I don't know if you know my story. I moved away in, uh, right after I graduated from college, I moved to Romania. My aunt and uncle lived there and they said, you know, come to Romania. Like, come and like, what are you going to do after college? Like, I don't get a job like everybody else. And they said, come to Romania. You can stay for a week or you can stay for the rest of your life. You decide. And so they gifted me an open-ended plane ticket and uh, it was literally a life-changing experience. I ended up staying there for just a year, January through December of 95 after I graduated from college. During college, I lived in Cancun. I took a little hiatus from college and went to Cancun. And then after I moved back from Romania, I had moved to Tampa for five years. So I've lived all over, lived in Puerto Rico um, in 2010. Just, you know, I'm like, I can really do my craft from anywhere in the world. So like, why not? But so it's really interesting how many people move away from Minnesota and then they realize like what a strong, um, it's really a strong foundation living in Minnesota. I feel like the job market here is really great. It's a great place to raise kids. Schools are fabulous. The quality of life is really, really beautiful here. So if you can get through those couple of cold months that we have that are pretty brutal or, and really maybe embrace winter and take up some winter sports, I feel like it's it, Minnesota is really a great place to live, but I see people all the time. I always joke and say, everybody moves back. Eventually everybody moves back. So Christy lived away. She lived in New York. She lived in California. I lived all over. So, I mean, we're, we're literally part of that part, part of my un, unspoken rule or my, my spoken rule that everybody moves back. So it was interesting to see how many people had moved back. were living in either like short-term rentals or, literally with pay parents and they're just looking for that next place to buy. 
And I'm seeing, I think that's going to be a big trend because our job market here is really good. And all these millennials are moving back and they're, you know, starting families and they're done with kind of like their starter job. And now they've got like that move up job that pays them a lot more money and they can move back to the Twin Cities and buy a $500,000 house and not even think about it. So I think, I think we're going to continue to see more of that. And I honestly don't think we're going to see any price reductions. So the other thing that gets tricky is um, people will ask me, well, you know, I'm seeing price reductions all over. So like prices are dropping. I'm like, well, not really. So there are still those sellers out there that are very overzealous and think their home is worth more than what it's actually worth, Right. That, that is in every market. That's in the current market. That's in every single market. And then when the market shifts, your home is really only worth what a buyer is willing to pay for it. So if the buyer demand has cooled slightly and interest rates have gone up slightly and maybe just knocked some of the buyer pool out of the running, maybe they just can't afford a $500,000 house anymore. Maybe the even the $350,000 house that they could afford in May and then when rates shifted in June, they just simply can't afford that anymore. So if your home is sitting on the market and you're not getting the traction, you're not getting showings, you're not getting offers, you're overpriced. That's generally what it is. And if there's any objections, maybe an odd floor plan, maybe it's a location thing, maybe you're close to train tracks, maybe you have old mechanicals in your home, you might not have 20 groups clamoring over your house right now. There's a pretty good chance that you won't have that. You might have a few multiple offers. So here's an example. Last weekend, we launched two listings. One of them looked like it was straight out of a room and board magazine. Uh, the kitchen had been redesigned and remodeled by um, a beautiful kitchen remodeling company here in the Twin Cities. Um, the kitchen was actually featured on their website, so you you can get the drift. The kitchen is what kitchen what, what kitchen dreams are made of: modern decor, all fresh white paint, gleaming hardwood floors all over, trendy neighborhood, price to sell looked like a million bucks. We got four offers. And the offers were fabulous. Um, on the flip side of that, we listed another house, also a fabulous location um, in Chanhassen, which is ranked the number one city by Money Magazine last year. The number one place to live in the country was Chanhassen. So we're really pushing that. And it's a home in a beautiful neighborhood, canopy trees, lush and green the outdoor spaces are beautiful. The deck and gazebo are fabulous. It's like where you'd spend all your time. All of the major mechanicals have been updated, siding windows, um, new furnace, all of that kind of stuff. But the home is not decorated as cute as the other home that we had listed. And, and, it, and it's priced. It's priced very competitively. We ended up doing a price reduction because the sellers want to get more traction on it. So it's just, it's really interesting having two homes in a similar price point, both in great locations, and just to see how the two of them performed side by side and how buyers reacted to them side by side was super, super fascinating. It almost felt like a science experiment to me. So are home prices dropping? No. But are we seeing like a slight deceleration of prices on some of those houses that might not have as big of appeal to 
the masses and to most buyers. We are. I am seeing I am seeing price reductions on those types of homes. And that's not to say that they're not going to sell for fabulous prices. Keep in mind, sellers have gotten about 10 years worth of appreciation jammed into the last two years. I've talked about this a lot and it is, it's still, it holds true. Sellers, my gosh, are sitting on like buckets of cash um, compared to Compared to what they were like five, eight, ten years ago, homes have just really, really skyrocketed in value. So that's all good, right? It's fabulous. Sellers are still making really good money when they sell. Um, interest rates. Let's talk about those for a second. So interest rates went bonkers. So I was living my best life in uh, having safari with my hubby and in-laws in May and June, gone for three weeks, like literally my best life. I come home and interest rates actually skyrocketed. It knocked a lot of buyers out. Literally the conversation with all the buyers that we're working with was, hey, you need to call the lender. You need to have a conversation and you need to really talk about like now what is your magic pre-approval number? And what is that monthly payment that you're comfortable spending on a home? And let's work that number backwards. So uh, nearly all of our buyers came back and said, okay, can we adjust our high limit? You know, like on our search, we, we don't really want to go that high. It doesn't make us feel comfortable. Yep. We absolutely can do that. So we, we have tweaked everybody's searches, but then the great thing just in the last couple of weeks, interest rates have come down considerably. So rates, you know, obviously, let's put a let's put a little caveat here. I am not a lender. I cannot give you mortgage advice. But interest rates have come down and uh, we've had a lot of buyers getting locked under 5% again. And keep in mind, rates were like six and a little bit over. So now rates have come back down considerably and are under 5% again. So, okay, let's talk about another thing concerning rates. So now, now as I'm talking, more things are coming to mind. I think a lot of buyers don't really know that there are differences in interest rates and closing costs. And I'm not talking about buying down an interest rate. Let's take that out of the equation altogether. Lenders have price rate sheets. They have rate sheets. So I know all of this because I was in the mortgage business for years back in the day when you could sell real estate and do mortgages. I did both. So I, I know enough to be dangerous here. So lenders have rate sheets and they can pick an interest rate and decide how much money that interest rate is going to pay them on the back end. So lenders that have big, huge, fancy offices and have a bunch of admins um, and they've got billboards and they're running radio commercials. To me, that all says overhead, overhead, overhead. So how are they going to pay for that overhead? Those lenders are going to pay for that overhead in the interest rate that they charge you on your loan. And there's other lenders in town that have far lower interest rates. So the lender, one of the lenders that we love working with, for instance, he is a broker so he works with a variety of different lenders. So after he talks to a buyer, sort of feels them out, gets their scenario, has an idea of what their credit is, how much money they're going to put down for a down payment. Then he goes back to all of his lenders and so decides like, which lender do I work with is going to make the most sense to um, pair these buyers with. And then he goes and looks at the interest rates. He offices out of his house. 
He doesn't have this big, huge, fancy schmancy office that he has to pay for. He's a very lean operation. And he just automatically quotes interest rates that are fabulous, just right out of the gate, not even having to buy the interest rate down. And the closing costs are lower than most other lenders closing costs in town. So it's one of those things like think about shopping around for car insurance. You can call like three different people for car insurance or homeowners insurance, and you're going to get three completely different rates. And usually the coverage is pretty much apples to apples. Same here. I always recommend if someone's gone to, especially to like a big, a big box bank, uh, like a national bank, you don't necessarily know that the loan officer you're working with is adept at their job. Like they literally could have just transferred from being a bank teller and now they're a mortgage specialist. I'm using air, using air quotes here because, you know, if they haven't done any loans, they're not quite a specialist yet. So you don't know how long that person's been at their craft. You don't know that they actually even know how to get a loan done. They might not know how to troubleshoot anything if problems arise. And you're just going to get quoted just a run-of-the-mill interest rate. You're not going to probably get the most competitive interest rate. So I always say it's worth shopping around. Um, So if you need a good lender and you're local here in the Twin Cities, I would love to tell you all about ours. So that was just a complete side tangent. Okay, let's shift and pivot a little bit and let's talk about a recession. It's all the buzz. It's everywhere you go. We're hearing about it. So the Wall Street Journal interviewed a bunch of economists in July of 2021. And only 12% of the economists that were consulted thought there would be a recession by this time that we're in right now. However, in this July, so July of 2022, when they pulled the same group of people, um, those economists said 49% believed that we would we would see a recession in the next 12 months. So that scares a lot of people, scares a lot of buyers, scares sellers. Um, the uncertainty of it all sometimes makes people just kind of move into a state of just like analysis paralysis and just are like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to stay put until I can maybe, maybe see some runway ahead of me and then I can make a better decision. So let's just, let me, let's just talk about what's happened in recessions historically, because what do we have to go on? The only thing we have to go on is the past recessions that we've all lived through. And we use that as sort of our roadmap about what is the predictability for the next recession and what can we expect? So um, from recessions going back to the 80s, home prices appreciated. So if we're going back to the 80s, there have been six recessions in 80, 81, 91, 2000, 2008, and 2020. Or in 20, I'm sorry, 2020. So six, if we're looking back at six recessions going back to the 80s, home prices appreciated. Appreciated, you heard that, right? Home prices went up on four of the six last recessions. So the numbers went up like from three and a half percent to over 6%. So like I said, at the beginning of the show, if you have, you're seeing 6% appreciation, that's approximately double what a normal balanced market would see. So in the middle of a recession, when everybody's thinking the sky's falling, four of those recessions, home prices went up. So on the two that did not, one of them, the home prices dropped approximately 2%. 
which in the grand scheme of things, with the amount of appreciation that we've been seeing the last few years, if your home value dropped approximately 2%, that really wouldn't, it wouldn't even put a dent in the radar. Like that's like, it's like nothing. Um, and then the one that really made things crazy was our recession that was due to the housing crisis. So there in 08, we saw um, close to 20% depreciation in home values. So yeah, home values depreciated close to 20%. But the reason for that was, is the whole crash at the time and the whole recession was all revolving around housing and the housing crisis and the mortgage crisis. It was all related to housing and finance. So it's not to say it, it's not surprising to me at all that that number is what it is. So let's talk about recessions and how that affects interest rates. Cause that's the other hot buzz. So people are wondering like, what's going to happen to my value or our value is going to tank at some point, And then our interest rates going to continue to rise of those last six recessions, interest rates dropped in every single one of them ranging from right around 1% to 5%. So back in the eighties, if you bought a home back then, like I just, I couldn't even imagine getting an interest rate, um, you know, in the teens and the double digits. Like to me, that's just, holy cow. I don't think I've ever had an interest rate higher than um, eight or 9%. And, you know, at the time that felt like a competitive interest rate and it was. Um, So of the last six recessions, mortgage interest rates fell. So that's another thing. So if we do go into a recession in the next couple of years, there's a good chance that interest rates will drop. And there's also a really strong chance that home values will continue to increase. So I feel like this fall, we're probably going to see more inventory continue to tick up. In the Twin Cities here, we have just under two months worth of inventory. But when I've been pulling market analysis for different sellers around the Twin Cities, there are a lot of areas that still have under a month's worth of inventory. So that 2% of inventory across the Twin Cities, thats it's, it's just an average. There's still a lot of parts of the Twin Cities that where inventory is really scarce. So think like trendy neighborhoods, great school districts, areas with um, like great conveniences located to them, like great shopping and all of like your life amenities that you need. Like think about those types of neighborhoods. Those are the ones where we still have low inventory and they're just not building houses fast enough. So buyer demand is still pretty strong, even with interest rates going up. I know you probably might find that hard to believe, but it's the truth. Buyer demand is pretty darn strong. They're not building houses fast enough. A lot of sellers are just sitting on the fence because they're unsure of what's going to happen or they don't really know where they're going to go next. And maybe like what they want to buy next, that home isn't for sale yet. Those are the types of clients like we're looking for anything off market um, that we can find. But overall, the market's really still pretty darn good. So if you're thinking about buying or selling, don't be that person that's waiting for the sky to fall. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I don't want you to be that person that prices yourself out of the market and you have your heart set on a certain style of home in a certain part of town and all of a sudden you can't afford that house anymore. I don't want that beat. I don't want that to be you. So if you're thinking about buying or selling, you'd love to have a conversation, reach out. We would love to have a conversation with you. If you're a real estate agent and you're listening to this episode, you really need to have some talking points. Just rip off some rip off some of the stats I shared in this episode. 
go and just source out some reputable, you know, reputable economists or Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the National Association of Realtors, keeping current matters, like just start having, look at your national, your, like your local real estate board and have some good talking points. Cause this is the stuff that consumers are worried about. This is a stuff that is causing people to not sell their home or to sell their home and knee jerk reaction without having a plan of where they're going to go next. Our clients are looking at us to be the expert. And if you don't have this information when they're asking you, they're going to go find someone that does. And I don't want that to happen to you. So arm yourself with information, arm yourself with information that is reputable, that's logical, that makes sense for the consumer, and really have some information that's really hyper local to the area that you serve. You can be that shining star. You can be that beacon for your buyers and sellers. So I hope I just bombarded you with a bunch of statistical stuff and numbers and all that stuff. So maybe if you're a creative brain like me, maybe this hurts your brain a little bit, but this is the stuff that everybody wants to know. So until next time, Bus Bench Babes, keep being a badass boss babe that you are. And for the love of God, keep your face off a bus bench. We'll see you next time. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.